being with the pa Black Panthers because we we did a, a concert for them, a free concert for them. We we offer our services and they invite us and we play. And it was scary, you know, it was scary because uh, we knew that the FBI, the CIA, and everybody, man, they, they could either shoot you on sight or bomb, or put a bomb on you and blame somebody else, like what's Facts. happening right now. There's probably three generations that I'm talking about to right now. So if it's my daughter generation, she'd be like, yo, dad, who, who was DOS effects? I'd be like, well, there was like Amigos. Like, I was like, okay, there would be like Amigos, you know what I mean? And then if it was an older generation, they'd be like, okay. I'd be like, well, you know, with DOS effects, remember like when like um, Drake and Lil Wayne had these combination records where they can go back and forth and it was just flawless. Like, these guys was like a two-man duet, like, literally. And, of course, the genius behind it was the Green Eye Bandit, um, Eric Sherman. So, so for me, um, a chance to open up for these guys was amazing, right? So we would come out and bring our instruments. So the show that I remember was Germany. So in Germany... At that time, hip-hop was not exploding the way you see it's exploding now, but the promoters knew it was dope, so they literally would rent out a warehouse, and they would pack kids in a warehouse, bring the German artists, you know, that's doing hip-hop, and us, you know what I'm saying? So we get together, and we do our thing. So I'll never forget, we was leaving, and keep in mind, it's the early days in Germany, like when um, we was just getting started, so underground hip-hop was just starting to be a movement. And I'll never forget, we got out and they put uh, the, at the time, this, this, at the time, Princess, relax, relax. She doesn't like this next part I'm about to say. At the time, the skinheads were outside. And so, and then when I say like skinheads, more like the racists, you know what I'm saying? Because you have a whole, because you got to understand, like, the real skinheads don't have nothing to do with racism. It's so important that people understand, like, there's a whole thing. So, but y'all know what I'm talking about. And there was a sign that said, uh, I think, like, go back to America or something, like, leave here. This is us. And, you know, we was on the tour bus. And I'll never forget, that night was a scene from a Shaka Zulu movie. Um, so literally we on a tour bus and I hear about my man is having problems outside with one of the skinheads because we are in the middle of the snow. Anybody that you ask this story, I was still in my underwears. I grabbed the closest thing that I could get to me, which was a broom at the time, inside my underwears and I literally took off. So literally now I'm outside, my crew's with me and we're running towards this fight and like I said, it looked like a Shaka Zulu movie. And we literally going, we handling, what we have to handle my boy Hassan Sharif, like, you know what I mean? And we get into this crazy, like, altercation fight, and then it's like onto the next venue. And meanwhile, while we're doing this, we open it up for DOS Effects. We had no idea what was going on in New York City. Absolutely no idea. So, we get back to New York, and the minute we get to the airport, Kennedy Airport, we start walking. I notice, Princess, relax. I notice the vibe. Come here, Princess. Come here, come here, come here. I'm doing my podcast. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on. Come here, relax, relax, man. Relax. So, so we get back to, um, to New York City, and this is when I realize at the airport, people started knowing our names in a different way. Like, I'd be passing by and people be like, hey, 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 hey. Then we had a show at Jones Beach, and I kid you not. So, the most amazing thing was we ain't even know. Like, we was like, damn, we gotta figure out a joint. Like, we gotta get something popping. And we literally hit that stage in Jones Beach that day moving forward changed our entire life. Because I would say the best thing is 
when you don't know it's coming and you actually shock. So I'm like, ah, oh, we're gonna go out there and we're gonna kill it the way we normally do, but no one's gonna know the material. And I start up, yo, Mona Lisa, can I end the whole Jones Beach? Achieve, achieve, y'all, while I'm a Libra, y'all. Um, so for me, there would not have been uh, confidence in saying, okay, now it's time to settle the score if, um, if we didn't come from this whole idea of uh, nappy heads. So of course we celebrate the score and we will continue to celebrate it. But I always now, as we move forward, when y'all like, yo, when's there gonna be another score? I want you to start it off by saying, but that nappy heads record was what set it off. So when's there gonna be another score? Let's get into it, run that back. <laughs> Y'all already know I spoke to y'all and I say that I don't do interviews, I have conversations. Yeah. And I always say again and again, my show was inspired by a time that I was in London and I saw a show called Live with Jews Holland. And I was like, man, I like the way this guy is just bringing people on to jam. And as a musician in heart, I always love jamming with musicians. So. Today, for me, the when we talk about Carlos Santana, I remember like when Clive Davis was like, yo, he's doing Carlos Santana, and did you know, do you know who Carlos Santana is? And, and you know, it, it was very emotional for me because it's sort of like, you know, there's a blueprint. And we always said before us was one other, before that other was another. So for me, um, the idea of being in the presence of Carlos Santana, it was very humbling to me. And, um, and I learned a lot. So I wanna introduce, and I definitely could say, this man is my spiritual godfather, Carlos Santana. How are you, my king? I am so grateful, very, very happy, and very encouraged, you know? Uh, I keep hearing John Coltrane and Miles Davis and, and Marvin Gaye and Bob Marley and your music, and, and all of this music reminds me that we are immutable. When you play and I play, when you write music, because I see you write music in front of me, and it was, it was incredible to watch you in an instant stamp a big chunk of immortality, you know? And very few, very few people can, can do that, everybody, everybody has it, but only few <laughs> can do it. So what I'm talking Thank about you. is like, for example, I've been playing uh, Abraxas, this album that we did in 1970. And even back then, we knew the importance of, uh, as Miles Davis would say, don't take shit from nobody, you know? And so we you utilize our music to make a statement that it's important to be gentle and kind and spiritual, and but at the same time, stand up, you know, for your rights and and don't let no gang or anyone take away your authenticity, your individuality. Don't, you know, don't let a do-rag of any color take away your individuality, who you are. That's the most important thing God gave you. There's only one Wycliffe, only one Carlos. Take the time to honor that, and then the universe will flood you with abundance of blessings and miracles. So that's what we're doing. Man, I, I, you know, when I'm, t I talk to very few people and I'm in awe. You, Michael Jackson, <laughs> I have like a, a, a very short list, Clive Davis. Um, for me, Godfather, we had conversations offline and a lot of people know about your guitar and you're amazing, but you was telling me stories about the Black Panther. <laughs> and I was finding these stories so amazing because I always say that the real story of the Black Panther was infiltrated, you know, um, still to today, like parts of it is not really said what that organization really stood for. Um, and you had, you, you know, even you just said it again, you was like, yo, don't take shit from nobody. In the climate that we are in uh, now, um, and in the climate, you've seen a few climates. So back then, um, 
what was the Black Panther like at the time? And was you like, you know, you was you part of the conversations with them, the energies with them? What was that like back then? It was very uh, encouraging. It brought, gave me hope, encouraged, because I knew I was in the presence of someone like Geronimo or Zapata or Che Guevara, you know, someone who wants a revolution to see. It's always the same uh, purpose, equality, fairness, and justice. You know, that's always the same purpose. Uh, People don't know that because of the Black Panthers, Mr. Mandela became Mr. Mandela because he was a lawyer. But when he heard and he read about the Black Panthers in Berkeley and Oakland, California, he switched from being a lawyer to a liberator. You know, because of the Black Panthers, people don't know that the Black Panthers had that kind of power to, to ignite and inspire someone that big in South Africa to become the Mandela that we know now. Being with the Black Panthers, because we, we did a, a concert for them, a free concert for them. We, we offer our services and they invite us and we play. And it was scary, you know, it was scary because uh, we knew that the FBI, the CIA and everybody, man, they, they could either shoot you on side or bomb, or put a bomb on you and blame yeah. somebody else, like what's Facts. happening right now, uh-huh. you know? True, talk, but for sure. We said it's important to play with and for the Black Panthers because this is the brothers who have the courage to stand up to Nixon, Ronald Reagan, uh, LBJ, the Bushes, and Donald Trump. It's the same guy with with a different face. It's always the same guy. This is Pharaoh, you know, this is Pharaoh. And and, and where where the the multidimensional nation thrives, that they were Mm -hmm. here and we say today, this, when I felt the flow, Brother Wycliffe, of all that energy parading around the world, all the millions, not millions, billions of people parading around the world saying, enough is enough, we need to do something now, you know? We gotta clear the house, like, you, you clear the house from termites in your house. <laughs> Facts, talk. You know, and so we gotta clear the house in the police department, in the union of the police department, in Congress, clear the house from the termites, the KKK, the white racist supremacy. That's the problem, you know? Uh, I hear a lot of brothers speaking on, on CNN and this and that, but they're just smearing it. Ain't no one cleaning it, man. You gotta clean it up, you know? And the way you clean Facts. it up, you gotta, you gotta say, you can't stop all of this, man. This is the time and the place in this planet where we say we whipped your we whooped your ass World War Two, we whooped your ass World War World War One World War Two, and we're about to whip your ass one more time. And this time, you will not do what you've been doing to black and brown and American Indians all this time, you know. And so when we play music by John Coltrane and Miles and your music and my music, that goes inside the note. It has spiritual velocity. And that's how you change this planet from what it isn't to what it should be, which is heaven on earth. When you make music, man, and I see you, I see your eyes, I see your fingers, I see, I see your light, and your, your, uh, your creativity is really, really uh, a blessing and a miracle in front, in front of my eyes. And so I thank you. Wow. Man, it's like just listening to you. What's amazing to me is you, you said you played for the Panthers, a bit scary, right? And yeah. in this era that we're in right now, it's almost like a deja vu, right? And so my daughter is 15 years old, and she came to me, she said, Dad, I am going with my mom to the protest, and we're going to cross the bridge. and. I looked at her and I smiled because, and I I said this story and I'll say it one trillion more times. I smiled because I was like, why wouldn't she cross the bridge? Because a few years ago, I was in New York protesting against Bloomberg and the fact that, you know, education for schools budgets was being cut off. I got arrested at the time. And so at the end of the day, I see despite, the closure that they want to put in us 
there's always a new generation that rises because of what we instilled, right? So Toussaint Louverture, my leader, first black general from Haiti, he was in the dungeon after capture by Napoleon. And in his last days, he's like, look, do whatever y'all want with me, but the seed has been planted. So I'm looking at you and I'm like, yes, definitely your seed has been planted and it's gonna continue. In the era of Woodstock, as a guitar player who's a little kid, many of us are sitting down and we have a bunch of vinyls and we are playing Carlos Santana over and over again, trying to live the era, watching the videos over and over again. I stumbled across another guitar player named Gabor Zabor. And yeah. I was like, right? And I was like, hold up. So it's almost like going through all of your vinyls, I ran across this other guy, Gabor Zabor. And thought he was good. And then it looked like within the era, um, you know, your chief guard, but there was this Gabor Zabor, other guitar player. And where was he from and what was that like in that era? Gabor Zabor is a uh, gypsy from uh, Budapest. Uh, and for me, the fascination with music between the gypsies and African music uh, it's very delicious, you know, uh, <laughs> be, because the, the I was still, it was funny, I was sharing this with Miles Davis, we're in the room, and we were talking about this music, and he goes, Spanish? And I said, well, man, it's Spanish because the, the Moors, the, 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 the Moors, they conquered Spain, you know, from Africa, Northern Africa, they crossed, and then they went to Spain, and that's how you got the, you know, the, 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 the Spanish, the phrasing, yes. but that you got gypsy, French gypsy, uh, Spanish gypsy, and you got uh, uh, gypsies from Budapest. What I was attracted mm -hmm. is that everybody was listening to the blues, man. B.B. King, Albert King, Freddie yes. King, uh, Otis Rush, you know, the, 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 mm -hmm. this is the foundation. Jimmy Reed, Lightning Hop, Hopkins, John Lee Hooker, and I love that. However, I said, man, everybody's playing some blues. Every band that is like a blues <laughs> band. So uh -huh. we started to listen to Olatunji and, and Mongo Santa Maria and Tito Puente. And then we started discovering that there was another way to play music uh, different than Head Ashbury, you know, because mm -hmm. Head Ashbury was this or that. And so when we put the congas in it, everybody went, oh, mm. and especially especially the ladies, you know, because when you play a certain kind of music, they dance like this, you know, they, they dance like that. That's like right, the, talk like, that talk. You know, like they're <laughs> yeah. dancing like they're catching butterflies or something, you know? Yeah, exactly. But when, <laughs> but when you play music with congas, like Haiti, yeah. merengue, or, or uh, República Dominicana, or Brazil, women body become like, hey, oh, and you go, uh-oh, you know? Yeah. becomes becomes S-E-X. Yeah, uh, sacred sex, you know, so the way the woman dance differently, <laughs> you know, and, and so we said... I'm going to make a song out of that. I like that right. phrase. <laughs> yeah, man, you know, and that's what other bands notice. After we came out, next thing you know, you see Miles has congas and Slystone has congas. And everybody mm -hmm. started realizing that Santana coming with congas, even though we were not first, man, there was already other brothers like with Motown playing with congas. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just the way we scramble the eggs, were a little differently, and so next thing you know, you see bands with congas and learning how to articulate BB King with Tito Puente, and that's what mm -hmm. African music is. That's that's amazing to me because when I was listening to, so I got into Gabba's Zabor. And um, I, you said something that inspired us, the Fugees, and because we were Santana obsessed. And what the Fugees did, we had, you was one of our blueprints when I was doing the score. But what we loved about what you did was everyone was going one way with the hip hop, like the way you yeah. were saying, like you knew the blues was going. And we was like, but hold up, like at the end of the day, the feeling is from the soul. So, we got to come from the other side of the soul. And we wouldn't be able to do that like if we 
didn't listen to you, you know what I mean? So that's dope that you give me like verification um, on that vibe, you know what I'm saying? So for me, I came from Haiti after trying to become president of a country. Ooh, and man. and you, you already know, I mean, you know me, man, you know what I'm saying? And you know how we move and that experience made me stronger, but at the time, besides losing my father, that perhaps was one of the hardest things I've ever done because it was sort of like you sacrifice yourself for an entire nation, right? And then you get hit with the J. Edgar Hoover effect, you know what I'm saying to you? And so for me to be here and to beat it, and a lot of people say, yo, how can you be strong and still so? Because I said, because at the end of the day, I didn't really create myself. So you're not really going up against me. You're going up against what you don't see. So I happened to be in Sweden after the presidency with Avicii, Tim, who ended up um, passing away, committing suicide through depression. But I remember we was in the studio and we vibing. And my man Ash is like, yo, do y'all got something for the World Cup, you know? And I start catching a vibe and I'm finding myself, but just so you know, I was finding my way back and I don't understand. I want you to know how much your frequency affected me because when we called you and was like, yo, you know, we got this idea for the World Cup for Brazil, it was sort of like, and then you said yes. You know, it was sort of like, because now I was on my second win and I was ready to go again. And I was like the only person that could give me that shot. You know what I'm saying? I got to find the Godfather. So um, literally, um, if people did not hear this, for me, this was a time we come back and send you the record, man. And you do this amazing, um, your amazing talk on this record. Um, and I don't know if you understand you. what that meant to me, but I wanted to document it in history while we both are wearing the fly hats to let you know that past the presidency, what helped me get through it was you saying yes to what became one of the biggest World Cup songs. So I want to just play a little bit of it and so people will hear the vibes, you know what I'm saying? The energy, for a second. Got it? Oh. 
せー
Oye Komova comes on, dog. And I gotta tell you, I'm plunging Oye Komova. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, it's cool. Don't worry. One day I'm gonna be at Madison Square Garden and I'm plunging this job. And yo, so it's sort of like, when I tell you like you live with me, like since a youth, um, you've for us and different people that are listening this through this right now, there's always two ways to do it. I got my cousins, some of them sold drugs, they're in the trap, some of them are doing double life in prison. Some got deported back to Haiti, um, you know. And there's two ways to do it. And the way that I was doing it in the early days, it didn't seem so cool. Only I thought it was cool because it's like running a marathon or playing a chess game. You know, the result don't come right at that moment. You look crazy because everybody else looks so fly. And they're like, come on, dude, let's get this, let's get this paper, you know? And I know like the real you and you are tough and you are loving, but at the same time, you don't put up with no kind of bullshit. So if you was to give us a piece of advice that we all can take away, you know what I mean? Because we're gonna have so much music that I'm gonna play in this show. But if you can give us that one piece of advice that we could take away for those at times that don't feel like it's too cool and it's taking too long to get to where we wanna get to and in the climate, um, the floor is yours, my godfather. Talk to us. Well, for me, it's an invitation because I don't believe in telling people who to be, what to do, or how to do it. That's an imposition. I do invite people to say, in the holy instant, remember that I am not the body. I am free. I still am as God created me, you know? And the way God created me, I can be in a room with Jimi Hendrix, you know, and I can be with uh, Nat King Cole and Charlie Parker, and, and they'll, they'll, they'll turn around and look at me and say, you're one of us, you know, and to me, that's the greatest honor. I don't care if I serve them, you know, and shine their shoes, as long as I'm in the room with them, you know, because, but to the brothers in, in, in like in Chicago with the shootings and everything, I would say to the brothers, life is precious, man. What's supremely valuable to you? What, you? what do you cherish? What, you know, so what, what you cherish, hold it, hold it to your heart, man, and don't shoot nobody because whoever you shoot, they're your daughter, they're your grandfather. They, whatever you love, love, love. That's who the other person is, you know? So I'm learning at this point to see divinity everywhere. You know, and, and, and there's no distance, you know, uh, when you are in, in your light. If, if you are able to see yourself and, and sense yourself that you are precious, uh, like a beam of light, then create the rainbow, you know, create the white cliff rainbow, the Jimi Hendrix rainbow, the Bob Marley rainbow, so that we can all celebrate peace on earth, unity and harmony, and if this sounds too kumbaya for you, that's tough t man. Do you see cause kumbaya, kumbaya, <laughs> you know? <laughs> tough t man, cause kumbaya is Martin Luther King and, and, and Toussaint L'Overture and, and Malcolm X. Kumbaya yeah. means eternally with spirit, you become what I am and who you are. I am a spiritual mm-hmm. adult. I, we, we, don't, we don't do nonsense no more, man. We don't play games, we don't play hide and seek. Maybe the hokey pokey, because the hokey pokey says the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about, man. Peace. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Godfather. I love you, man. And I look forward to listening to more of your music. It, it never stops. And when this thing settled down, you know, if you're in the West, I'm going to come watch you as a student, you know, um, pop up on you. And if you're on the East Coast, you could always look me up. I love you. I'm inspired and I'll always send you a text. You know that. <laughs> I'm yours 24 7 on any form you need me. I'm yours, man. Cheap to write the horror flick of Stephen King. Cling the fox all those in paper say, I got tired of the fat lady, so I sing to my own opera. Ballin' 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 to the man in Rockers Island. It's getting fired as such a broken night. Your boy Wyclef Jean, I'm about to put y'all on. Remember, when I say like put y'all on, Y'all can also put me on too. So on the comments, 
if there's something that I need to listen to or you also think should be featured on this segment, please make sure y'all send that information to us. So right about now, we're going to go into, I mean, this is a vibe, like we would say a vibe. Um, British hip-hop artist Simba, born in Zimbabwe, moved to England by the age of nine. Even though, like, people try to categorize it be like British hip-hop, let's just take the word British out. Let's take the word American out. Let's take the word African. Let's just say hip-hop, because hip-hop is a melting pot of it all, right? So at the end of the day, whether you in the middle of London or you in Haiti, whatever, the idea of hip-hop is you are expressing your culture and your form. So I get it. Um, so if we want to still call it British hip-hop, I'm with you, but figured I'd give my two cents into it. Being somebody that spent a lot of time in London, Brixton Academy, been to many sound clashes, rah, 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 rah. But um, this is important for the pulse. When, when I talk about the pulse, there's two parts of the pulse. One part of the pulse is, I think like there's like an Amy Winehouse that absolutely has maybe three views on YouTube and no one's paying attention to it, like probably the next Amy Winehouse. And I think this is dangerous and we have to make sure we have a group of people that are looking for what I call the forgotten artists, which to me are interesting. Then there's the other side of it, right? So if a video, like basically like his newest video, Lose featuring KSI, racked up 1.1 million views in only 24 hours, oh, I'm going to watch because that's what you call the pulse of the culture. So I want to know what's going on. And of course, I did go see it. And I fell in love with Simba. He's definitely an inspiration in so many ways. Um, you know, I could relate, you know, coming from Haiti, you know, growing up in the States, just, you know, I don't leave that side of the roots with me because it's all in the house. But I'm like, yo, I'm in America now. What am I going to do? So I definitely could relate, want to congratulate him. And definitely, if you got a minute, just at least like check one joint out and I guarantee you, you I, you be like, yo, Clef, you ain't let me down. Y'all gonna really wanna get into him. So let's get into Simba right now. Shorty said she coming with a breakfast cause she saw a young nigga pull up in the Rover. Now she said she wanna come over, yeah. But I don't want no love. I just wanna make the moolah love. Yeah, the moolah love. I just wanna make the moolah love. Go on, screaming moolah love. Shorty said she coming with a breakfast Cause she saw a young nigga pull up in the Rover Now she said she wanna come over, yeah But I don't want no love I just wanna make the moolala, yeah The moolala I just wanna make the moolala Got a more screaming moolala, yeah I don't want no love You know me, I only think about funds Me, I'm trying to Balaba, 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 balaba Hi, White Clef. What up? Know why I'm day drinking rum? Um, you usually have a little jug of rum when you're about to talk politics. <laughs> exactly, when I'm afraid. No, you're never I, afraid. I use a little liquid coverage. This might be one of those times. They call you silent killer. You're never afraid. Work. Mm. Bars. There's this clip that goes around the internet quite often of Denzel Washington taking the media to task. Um, but just this, this one thing he says, he says, if you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you read the newspaper, you're misinformed. I'm both. <laughs> oh, that was Denzel's quote? <laughs> that, that's what Denzel said. And, and basically was trying to tell the media that, you know, the onus really is on them to report what's real, not propaganda, not what's made up, not to try to run quickly with the headline and get the news out first without checking the facts. Because we've talked before about people having a platform needing to be educated, better educated, if they want to talk about things that are important 
to the people who follow them and believe in them and share their thought process. Today, I want to get into politics. Just to start, for me and, and maybe many people listening. Well, I just think that, to your point, to what you're going to say, so at the end of the day, you know, like I said, we'll always, I would, one day I got to just film the debates which happens here. So you'd probably be talking about my my neighbor over here who's on Fox, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. You'll be like, yo, he's far right. And you'll be like, yo, so-and-so on CNN. And be like, yo, he's far left, you know what I mean? The reason why in these conversations that I'm always careful about speaking mm -hmm. and what I say is because the lens of how I look at the world mm -hmm. is from an international scope. Yes, that And from sense. an international scope means if something is happening in the Middle East, for example, yeah. or something's happening in Africa, yeah. um, it does not appear on any of these channels. Not on Fox, not on MSNBC. I'm saying it don't appear CNN, in any of them channels. So, for mm -hmm. example, like, you know, if four girls get killed in a bombing, mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. Which, 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 you know, or a kidnap in a certain village in Africa, mm -hmm. or some form of ruler outside of the United States who's oppressing his people or doing crazy things, right? You watch the news here, you barely see that, right? So for me, being someone who traveled constantly, I had to not only know what was going on in America, if I was going into Africa, I better know what's going on in Africa, mm -hmm. right? If I'm going into Russia to do a show in Moscow, I gotta know what's going on in Russia. If we're going to China, China's considered what? Communist. Okay, so then imagine me in the middle of Shanghai. Yeah. And I'm doing a show and it's getting heated. Fans are going crazy and my shirt comes off. Yeah. And y'all see me before, like, you know, I'm a crazy performer. And my manager runs up to me and goes, put your shirt back on, we will be arrested. Immediately, mm -hmm. right? Because those people have a certain ideology and how they move and a certain thinking, mm -hmm. right? So if I understand that thinking, then I'm able to communicate. Uh-huh. And not that I'm going to press my views on the audience, but what I'm going to do is press my opinions, right? Because at the end of the day, I press my opinions and you can press your opinions. I feel that the only way for us to understand the world is for us when we're reading, like we should not be just looking at, you know, when the history book was saying, this is what it is, this is what it is, this is what it is, and that's all they teach us in school. The internet has allowed us to move our brain outside of that space and look as a whole. A long time ago, people in America, right? We in America, and, and I have friends that was like this, right? They'd be like, I'd be like, yo, man, yo, did you hear what happened in this area of the world? And it has nothing to do with America. And they go, that has nothing to do with us, man. We in America, man. And now we've noticed that everything that affects parts of the world affects America. So at the end of the day, in order for America to be better, Africa has to be better. We have to make sure that the Middle East is better. We got to make sure What's the deal going on with Europe? What's what's really going on with China? Because at the end of the day, we have to figure out a way to balance things, right? Because mm -hmm. when you look at it geographically, you could call me John Lennon if you want, you know what I mean? Like, I do believe in the idea of how do we get to like one world and the idea of love for all, you know? Yeah, so you reminded me one time that um, I, I get a different point of view because of having done certain things and like gotten myself to a certain place. So, so 
Many of the people who are listening to this show, they haven't traveled the world. They don't have the worldview. So come like all the way back to just America, just the place where they live, just wanting people to understand the views of the right and the views of the left and understanding that we're in what is called an election season. So, and to speak on something that you just said, um, what's happening in the world affects what's happening here. What's happening here affects what's happening in the world. I've never understood that so much, to be honest with you, as with Donald Trump's presidency. His presidency is the first time I have really understood about our relationship with Russia, our relationship with China, our relationship with, you know, on whomever he has declared um, war, not actual war, but you you know what I mean. Whomever they've said has colluded with him um, to, to help him win the campaign. This is the first time I really understood our relationship to hey. many countries and so and Hold so on. yes we should be paying attention to all of those things because here we are at election time and and i've said it before having to choose between what i call the lesser of two evils i know who i'm gonna vote for but i don't know if i'm equipped to suggest to people who they should vote for or even to suggest to them how they should get to the point of, of feeling secure in who they want to vote for. You, you know what I'm saying? What I want to do is just uh, stick to like facts, right? And mm -hmm. the facts is, at the end of the day, every administration will do things that you're happy about, other things that you will not uh, be happy about. It's so funny, I'm having a flashback. The flashback that I'm having at this time is I just remember when the situation happened in Lebanon mm -hmm. and everybody was calling me. Yeah, People I know. People in Israel was calling me, my friends in Lebanon was calling me. Yeah. I'm um, saying, yo, Clef, um, you know, can you come? You know, could you do a drop? Could you bring awareness to this? I think like when something happens in the world, everybody at the end of the day, like we're moving towards a world where I think people are trying to look for more solutions yeah. than trying to fight um, yeah. at the end of the day. And I'm speaking in behalf of the youth, the ones that are on social media, the ones that are like, yo, we're trying to create a change. We need a change. So I do feel like we're in a climate with the internet where what used to be politics mm -hmm. is the kids do not fall for the politics. And I'm saying the kids because the kids literally will stand down and be like, we have our own opinions. We'd rather be right. on TikTok dancing right. all day, ignoring all right. of this. But while this is going on, there's a climate, there's a, a whole wind that's happening. And I think that with this wind, you're right. Like, we can't ignore the U.S. elections because that's always a domino effect yeah. on the rest of the world. Yeah. So we definitely, once again, I would... The only thing that I always say, and I'll continue to say it, I say a president term is four years or possibly eight years, right? Yeah. Um, the country's still gonna have to move. So at the end of the day, it's very important that, like I said, you focused on the energy, you learn the policies, and you look at, like you were saying, from your councilman, who your mayor is. Yeah. Like, you ever sat back and asked yourself, okay, what are my problems in my community? What do I really want change? Like, I will never be able to get to the president to have a conversation with him, but maybe I could have a conversation with the councilman. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And the councilman could get the conversation to the next person, mm -hmm. then to the next person. Um, so I literally believe in that. So I believe in like community organization. Yeah. Um, all of these things are very important. So we can't be like, oh, we don't want to be in politics because it's a pile of tricks, right? So if you feel the part that you feel that's the tricks, work on getting that part right. so that it's no longer tricks. Like, get the information, the factual, so we, we're not dealing with illusions. So I think as we move forward to your point, you keep emphasizing um, this election and the idea yes. of the vote. And I keep emphasizing that looking at it from a world's lens, a world lens, right? You talked about the left side and the right side. What I would like us to do 
as we move forward with this free world is why don't we start to look at the world the way my daughter looks at music mm-hmm. or the way this generation looks at music. When they go on Spotify, mm-hmm. like if something's coming out of Germany, they don't, Spotify don't put a, or iTunes, they don't put a barrier and says, okay, please enter your passport number here <laughs> to hear this, right? So at the end of the day, as we move towards the future, we have to think of the idea of uh, security is important. No one is saying no security, but the idea of how do we start to treat each other more kind? How do we work towards more policies that is more in favor of immigrants? I think there's a lot of things that we can improve in within these United States of America. Yeah, I agree. And I, it just so, it just brings me back to how important it is to be informed. So not uninformed and not misinformed. So this platform of yours and those who have the amount of people that you have who listen to them, who take heed to the things that they say, using those platforms, not to to, to throw opinion upon, because that's what I love about you. You don't throw your opinion upon people. You should vote for this person. but to just implore people to get informed, to educate themselves, to figure out what side they're on, whether it's left, right, or in the middle, um, and act on that, vote. Take a responsibility so that you're not, for the next four years, complaining and, and knowing deep inside yourself You have no right to complain because you did not act. Yeah. Well, you have you 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 have a, a, a right to either complain or not complain. Yeah. Based on who you voting for. Well, you know or, or, I mean? or based on whether you did something to make sure the person you want to be in office or the ideals yeah. you want But to I be want in office. But I want everybody to know, like you, as smart and smarter than most of the politicians, like. Like you very smart, meaning like the people who's watching, like don't let somebody enforce anything on you. Right. 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 So if somebody, so for example, if somebody says to me, Donald Trump says, Haitians come from a shit, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I'm gonna say allegedly, if he said that, because I don't know the propaganda, Right. Like, when I'm on stage, right. I'm going to be like, yo, we are not from no... If you said this, we ain't from no shit. But once again, the reason why I use that word allegedly is because at the end of the day, there's so much rhetoric going on that I'm just, like, focused on the main issues. And the main issues is, remember this... The art of war, smoke is on one side. That's all a distraction. Don't ignore the distraction. Focus on your community. Look at the policies that's going yeah. on. And be like, yo, is But this all the fitting? way from the school board, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like, don't even start at city council. You know, start even at the school board level. Like, this is how serious it is. This is what we've seen when we think about what our parents dealt with, went through, fought for in the 60s, we're right back in that place. And I believe in my soul we're in that place because we are not hunkered down in our community, making sure that we have a so voice. You're, so you're, you're speaking clearly from the point of view of the, the, the left right now. I'm speaking clearly from the point of view... I'm just asking you. From the, from the you, point of view... Because you sound like you're speaking like a Democrat. No, I'm, I'm not speaking like a Democrat or no. a Republican. What I'm saying is when my father, when I wasn't seeing my father for months at a time because he was fighting for rights, and we mm-hmm. just have to keep in mind it wasn't that long ago, mm-hmm. honest to God, not that long ago, that you or I wouldn't have the right to vote. Okay, my my dad fought in that war. He's still alive to talk about it. Um, Haiti got its independence in 1804. They were the first black republic and they actually had no problem. They actually 
terrified the Napoleon and came and helped America with the Louisiana Purchase. That wouldn't happen. Yes, um, yes, part of yes. I only, I only say this because at the end of the day, to your point, it was a dangerous time because if the Haitians was able to get to you and we were able to get together, if the Jamaicans, the Maroons was able to get to you. You are and so right. We was, we was having this conversation. Yes. Um, these United States of America that we see today would be a different. Would be very, very. You see what I'm saying different. to you? Like we wouldn't be to, where it'd be like equal rights for everybody. Period. Already. You exactly. It would be very different. Yeah. And that's it's just just wanting to bring the point home of starting first in your community of paying really paying attention really understanding that you absolutely can affect the politics in your community and by therefore by default affect politics all the way to the white house perfect that's all so i mean you you um you know how the voting is happening right by mail right um, several several different ways. Uh, a friend of mine, um, Fadia, yeah. I'm who asking works you that because I wanted you to get into it. Yeah, <laughs> which is the most because you keep talking voting, voting. So yeah. if you could tell us the different ways people could vote. Yeah. Which is so and so you can still vote at polls. Uh -huh. And one of the things Fadia said that I loved on on her Instagram. This is one person who uses her platform. Mm -hmm in the most beautiful and amazing way to inform people. But what she said was she was imploring people to vote early mm -hmm. so that you could volunteer to be, to help at the polls and to help get people to the polls who need help getting to the polls, whether that be by driving them or maybe walking with somebody that's elderly or whatever. But, um, but I love, I love that she was letting people know vote early. So when it, we get to this point, and you know the thing that happened recently um, in certain states, you know, people with these really long lines, sometimes the polls not even opening, mm. um, getting shut down at the last minute, things like that. So if we have people helping and volunteering, even if it's like pe it's people passing out water while people are having to wait on long lines or whatever, um, maybe artists who are gonna like go perform. I saw that too while people were waiting on long lines. Other mm -hmm. things we can do. So, so yes, voting by mail, um, which people are very nervous about right now. Um, you still can go to the polls. So, you know, there's still, there are many ways to vote. Mm, What's important so. is make sure that you do vote, make sure that your vote counts. Okay, perfect. So I think like a few things that have helped me, because um, we was talking about like, okay, misinformed and where do we look at for information? So um, I'm definitely gonna get you, I know you got some, 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 some spots. For me, I would say, when you look at the internet, there's so much stuff, right? You're like, well, where do I go? Where yeah. do I look? Because <laughs> views are coming. And that's okay to look at everything, but do not necessarily be like, you know, look at everything. Like, don't let somebody just tell you this is right because you, right. you're educated. Like, you're not no dummy. Like, you can look at something and be like, yo, this is a scam or a sham. <laughs> um, so search, like Google, like, look, at the end of the day, in information's out there, good or bad, yeah. we're gonna find it. Yeah. Um, I would say, okay, so me, I have two debaters in my family. I always talk about Samuel Jean and, and Pharrell Jean. They were debaters out of Newark. Um, they debated with Harvard kids, and I got to do a movie on these two. Uh, they, they, they killed it. But one of the things that I learned from them was watching C-SPAN. Mm -hmm. Because C-SPAN okay. is sort of like, you know, it might be boring to a lot of people, but literally it, it's, it could at least show you how the bill moves through the floor. Uh -huh. and how conversations are going. So I would say maybe that's a good lighthearted start that I could give y'all. Um, what would you say? Where you so a couple of things I would say. So vote.org, that's you know a place where you can go online and you can learn about voter registration. You can learn about what what's local to you, like where to vote and, and all of those things. So I think vote.org is a plethora of information about being able to vote. Um, the other is there is an app, because everything's in an app now, and it's an app called Countable. And this Countable app reminds me of 
Oh, this is gonna tell how old I am. When I was learning things from Schoolhouse Rock, which <laughs> a lot of the people listening won't have a clue. So it's basically a, a bill, like a, a bill's version of yeah, you can what you like say. you can learn like what what bills what are up bills to are. be voted on and okay. things like that, and that's a valuable education because then you know. Wait, that one's called what? Countable? Countable. Okay. Like cool. like holding you accountable, but just just countable. So that's an Bars. app. That's an app. And you look, you could go back, and if you really want to like learn at the very most basic level, go back and find the old schoolhouse rock videos. Do you remember? Mm -hmm. I'm just a bill. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm only a bill. Uh -huh. oh. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. Yeah. And uh -huh. it literally takes you all the way through from being a bill. And he says, yeah. Yeah, now I'm off to the Senate where I sit and wait. Yeah. Yeah. And so even something as simple as that is how they used to inform young people back in the day okay. about, um, you know, the process of something going from bill all the way to law. So we're definitely going to get into that. Um, and I think that you've made a big splash this week. Um not just in your talking, that was okay. The, Thank you. The thing that took it over the top, and everyone is saying this, you need to do a record now. <laughs> because once we heard the way you started singing about the bills, Capitol Hill, like it took the whole, the whole conversation <laughs> became normal. It was all about the ability of your singing. You know what or I mean? the inability. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie, you're incredible. Thank you Thanks, so much. Thanks, Okay, we back in the acoustic sessions, one of the most exciting parts for me. You know, every fit goes with the song. Like in hip hop, we got that word we used to say, I don't know if they still say it, fresh. I guess it's like drip now, you know what I mean? But sometimes, like songs and fashion go together. So this one, Hips Don't Lie. Um, here's a trivia about Hips Don't Lie, music trivia. The record was written two years prior to doing it with Shakira with another artist. Her name was Claudette Artiz. And then two years later, the collaboration with Shakira just blew through the roof. I'm looking on the wall, biggest song in pop history, but how did I come up with the, just the basics, right? So the basics usually always starts off with me humming something like. See your body moving and it's driving me crazy And I didn't have the slightest idea Until I saw you dancing And when you walk up on the dance floor Nobody could not ignore The way you move your body, girl And everything so unexpected The way you're right and left it I never really knew that she could dance like that She make a man wanna speak Spanish Como se llama bonita And then Shakira was like when you talk like that, you make a woman go mad. So keep on talking to the sound of the samba. Baby, you know I'm on tonight, you know my hips don't lie. Bonita, ba bonita, yeah. You know I'm on tonight, you know my hips don't lie. Yeah, fiesta, fa fiesta. Baila la calde, de noche baila la calde, de día baila la calde, de noche baila la calde, de día baila la calde, de noche baila la calde, de día baila la calde, de noche. 
But I really know that she could dance like that She make a man wanna speak Spanish Como se llama Bonita Shakira Tony Oh Claire when you talk like that You make a woman go mad So keep on rocking To the some hips don't lie You know her hips don't lie uh, You know her hips don't lie you know it's no lie. Shakira, Shakira. You know, when it comes to Carlos Santana, before I leave, I'm gonna put the glass up. What could I say about Carlos Santana? Life lesson learned. Carlos says once you put a vibration in the universe, it's gonna last long after you. So at the end of the day, what I learned from one of the godfathers, Carlos Santana, is everything you do, you gotta do it with passion. You gotta do it from the heart. And you gotta think of moving people first, because once you move people, everything else will land, you know what I mean? So to one of, another one of my great mentors, secretly guitar teacher, without him even knowing, the great Carlos Santana.